Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, tenant country of Shreveport, Yadaj, Chrysler Ram, and G dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn how to deal and cope with widowhood from a local author. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, December the 3rd, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners hope everyone had a blessed and wonderful thanksgiving holiday with family and friends the colleagues surely did and we gave thanks to god for those wonderful blessings that he bestowed upon us and everyone throughout the world be sure to pick up the December issue of the Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. We do thank you for the compliments about our magazine. We do, of course, appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a printed copy of one of our locations, remember you can always visit our very popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine. In addition, you can view and download the 2022 Silver Pages Senior Research Directory. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We and our friends encourage you to visit Ernest R. Lee's each and every Wednesday evening from 4.30 p.m. to closing, where they will be having their Speakeasy Wednesday night specials for only $25. Make sure you call for advanced reservations at 318-226-1325. Again, that's 318-226-1325. There is still opportunity to attend the upcoming 2022 Christmas in the Sky Gala Fundraiser to be held on Saturday, December the 10th at Louisiana Downs in Bossier City. It's something that you should attend as as you will be very amazed about the uh, the many happenings at this particular event. It will be a remarkable experience you will always remember. Christmas in the Sky has been around since 1982. And again, it's going to be held December the 10th from 7 p.m. at Louisiana Downs. This year's theme is Kiss a Frog, an enchanted evening of fairy tales, tall tales, and cocktails. The gala evening is produced each and every year, each, every other year, excuse me, by the Shreveport Regional Arts Council to help fund the many, many community-wide projects for persons of all ages. For tickets and information, do visit their website at www2000. 2022sky.com again that's 2022sky.com or call them at 318-673-6500 that's 318-673-6500 
We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who do make their show this radio possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and ABS Tending Country S. Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Elaine Mars, who is the author of Widowhood, I Didn't Ask for This. Elaine has been a true friend and a feature writer for many, many articles in the Best of Times magazine and many other magazines throughout the area. And she's a good friend. And my wife loves her uh, writing various articles for us. And we, and we again, thank you for that as well. So All welcome. Right. You're very welcome. I'm happy, happy to be here. So today I've, I've asked you to come on up and found your book quite fascinating. And I think many of our listeners out there will be will find it quite useful to pick up. And I want you to give us a little lanyard, a little bit of extra information that uh, that may help them and in their in their challenging if their widowhood status, widow status, etc. But I, I thought it was fascinating. I think it's a great read, especially if you if you are one of those individuals or you know of someone, it might be a good read for them, right? Yes. Uh, well, I hear a lot of good things anyway. That's good. That's good. Uh, so why why did you write this? Why did you start to write it? What was the... Well, after my husband died, people gave me books oh. on the seven steps of grief, the five steps of grief, all this uh, sweet stuff, uh, spiritual books, and uh, they just didn't... They, they told me to let go and let God, to move on, to... Uh, all, all good things, all true things, but your heart doesn't always do what the mind tells it to. Good point. And so as a writer anyway, I was putting feelings down on paper. And the books that I had gotten, they just didn't do anything for me. They were unrealistic. I didn't care if I was in stage four or stage six. I was, you know, hurting and uh, and... So I just wanted for my pain somebody else's gain. And I started out, uh, I interviewed other people because I am a journalist with a journalist background. And it wasn't just my feelings. It was, uh, I checked to find out, am I the only one who feels this? Am I the only one having these feelings? And uh, Oh, I compliment you. I've read other grieving books, mm-hmm. and most of them do not. You're telling they're doing conceptual without actually been there, done that. Also interviewing others, which you did quite a bit throughout this book, which I, I thought was great. I did, um, and also, um, I guess it kind of has attitude. I've been told, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not sweet. It's not uh, 
really uh, sen- sentimental as much as just uh, telling it like it is. And other people, readers, have told me that what they like best is they say, that's how I feel. You wrote what I'm feeling, and nobody else understands that. And they've even said, I made my family read this book so they would know what I was going through, what I was feeling. And um, they kind of get, you know, uh, a little, you get a little attitude. People give you advice, and if they haven't walked in these shoes, they don't know what they're talking about. They need to just pat you on the head and tell you they love you and <laughs> and go on, but they don't need to be giving advice. And, and and you mentioned that several times throughout this book, and I, I, I want to emphasize, I thought that was some great advice. And, and uh, you don't need to have a dissertation by someone and giving you a list of 50 things to do when, you know, yes. just say yeah. the, the short, the, the, the short uh, notice, as you as you mentioned, you know, don't don't elaborate. We don't want advice at that particular time. No, you do. So not. do you do you recommend to people out there that may have gone initially now through widowhood that the writing, writing the notes might be beneficial therapy for them? Like for, journaling, like the, like to the, the think about their their spouse. For some people, and it's hard for me to understand, but uh, uh, there are people who writing anything is a misery for them. So, mm, okay. you know, they, oh, it could be it could be different. Okay, yes, they they don't like that. But uh, in fact, I've had a number of people, surprisingly, some college graduates who said this is the only book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Whoa, I know, isn't that something? That uh, is so. You know, I just trust that they know what they're talking about. That and most of these young people want to do a video or right. have a video composite. And I mean, I, I know a lot of individuals when their significant other died, their, their kids or grandkids put together a collection to help that that uh-huh. that widow a widower to yeah to remember, right? Yeah. Well, one of the uh, the little phrases that a lot of people use is, "Well, yeah, but he's in a better place." Now, that one will get uh, a new widow or widower, you know, really going because, yeah, you know that in your head, but don't tell me that he's in a better place. He's not with me. That's where he should be. You and know? you emphasize that in, in one of your chapters in your book. But, you know, that's and that's a lot. Of, I would say 99 percent of the people I deal with and I, I go to various funerals or wakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's one thing they say. Yeah. And it's, it's sad. Well. People put guilt on them because they'll say, well, I expected more of you. You know, oh. I thought that your faith was stronger. Whoa. You're crying and carrying on, and some people don't even bathe for a while. You know, they're, they're, uh, they they just can't make themselves get out of bed or whatever the form that their grief takes. Uh people make them feel guilty instead of trying to support them and that was uh, one of the things that i talked about you know but elena i thought this was interesting you did a first edition and mm-hmm. now this is the second edition with book two i had to because ran out of the books the publisher uh closed down and i still every week and it's been 10 years and i still get calls and requests for the book every week I don't think there's been a week in 10 years that I didn't. And because of that, I had to do another printing. I had to find a new publisher because the other one 
to get a book to be <laughs> have available. And so that's what I did. But with this book, I went back and the first book was Straight from the Graveyard. This book I included 10 years later. You know, you're not going to feel the same straight from the cemetery as you do 10 years later. There there are changes. There are things that, you know, you have to you have to move on in a lot of ways. Well, you know, that's so then the the first part, we'll call it book one. You talk about initial grieving process, the life without yeah. Luther. You yeah. elaborated that, right? Yes. Yes. We like most couples, you have dreams, you have plans. Uh, you know, we were going to Alaska. We had all this stuff planned. We, we uh, had a motor home. We traveled a lot, RV'd with friends. And then all of a sudden, that's gone. I sold the motor home because I took out mailboxes. I didn't drive it <laughs> well. So I sold it rather than, you know, make a lot of people mad and have to keep buying mailboxes. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, that was just one big, big thing to me when you watch your grandkids change you know he wasn't there to see uh, oh. my our granddaughter graduate the first one and uh, the homecoming when she was homecoming queen and um the night one of my husband's brothers came up to arkansas where i'm living now to be there when kinsley uh was homecoming queen and um uh, before it started, I was talking to him, and I said, boy, it's a good thing your wife's not here because she cries over everything, <laughs> Sally. And uh, then when my granddaughter walked out and she was had makeup on and her hair was all up and, you know, her formal dress, and it just one of those ambush moments that it just hit my heart because oh. her, her, you know, her papa wasn't going to be there to see her. And I started bawling and couldn't stop. And my brother, brother-in-law looked at me and he said, yeah, it's a good thing Sally's not here because she'd be crying, you know, <laughs> like I wasn't. And you don't expect those ambush moments. Yeah. And it's hard to prepare for. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it is. And it, and it, it, it but triggers. everything they do, every milestone, you know, you realize it just hurts that they're not there. I thought one statement you made in, in your book caught my eye because I know a lot of people use it. <clears throat> is when, when a loved one passes away, they tend to use anxiety drugs. They try to get uh, drugs that... Yes. And and they get hooked on them most of yeah. the time. And it, does it really help? And you, you mentioned in your book that, you know, you avoided that. I never have taken any. Uh, and in fact, I asked a doctor because other friends had told me, well, you need to get some of what I got. You need to get some Valium or there's several drugs. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my doctor, and he said, "No, you don't. You don't need them." But um, I did have friends who did take them, and it, you know, it numbed their grief for a while, and maybe it helped. I don't know, but I just I didn't. Well, and the, and the other thing, <clears throat> they could become dependent, and they don't they don't really deal with the grieving process, and possibly going to forget some of the wonderful, cherish the memories, yeah. right? Well, in fact, I know some people that said they don't remember anything about the funeral. Oh, wow. Because they were so drugged up, and they're like, I wish somebody had videoed, or, you know, because That's their last uh, 
hurrah, and they don't remember anything. And another aspect of, of your book I thought was quite enlightening for most people is preparing for the death of a loved one. You had two and a half years when he was diagnosed, yeah, correct? right. And, you know, of course you kept praying that it would not happen. Miracles do happen. Yep. Uh, but it that prep- for us, but, but <laughs> that prayer, but that pre- preparing, it, it, it's probably somewhat beneficial than others that have a brought death, right? I think so. Uh, there's kind of a you know difference of opinion with some people. They think it's better when it happens quick, and um, you don't have to go through all the emotional stuff that you do when you're watching somebody die gradually Uh, but on the other hand you have more time to prepare and my husband did everything he could to uh, you know he put all the his toys even in my name the four-wheelers and the boats and uh, trailers and you know all that so Uh, uh, no that's you know some people don't have, I just call it luxury, but have that opportunity. That, right. And uh, and he wrote letters to all the family members. Wow. Yeah, which is nice because the grandkids, you know, they can open it up and um, read when they feel lonely and think about him. Yeah, I've known them individuals that uh, when they knew a, uh, a person, you know, definitely in hospice, they would do videos right. to the grandkids and whatnot, yeah. which and to the family members. That that's so touching. So I love your, one of your statements: surviving after the death of a spouse is definitely unpleasant, right? It's, yeah, there. I mean, everybody's different, but that and that, again, that's why I interview different people and put, you know, at, about how. I'd, some people handle it differently. Uh, not everybody looked at it like I did. And, and uh, you know, uh, later on in your chapter two, I thought you brought up a good point is um, realizing that dreams and future dreams are lost. Couples, uh, couples worlds for adventures together. And now yeah. it's, it's a solo scenario. Yeah. What is the old song? One is a lonely number. Yeah, one well, that's, that's the way it is. All of a sudden, your couple friends and and everybody told me this. They're going to, you know, they're going to fade away. And I thought, not mine. They won't. We've been too close too long. But they do because, and then when you go out with them, the waitress comes and she goes, you're a couple, you're a couple, you're a couple, and then looks at me and I'm like, it's just me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And, And after so long, that gets kind of aggravating and and trips uh like on a cruise ship i was going with a group of people and then i overheard two of the ladies saying well you know if widows go then our husbands have to haul all their stuff around and and so i didn't go because i thought when i heard that she wasn't talking about me but uh you know but i and it was true so i didn't uh you know I chose not to go because I didn't want to be a burden on everybody. Well, hopefully those individuals aren't really a burden. I mean, I don't, well. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they are. I've, I've dealt with it singles on a trip. And, yeah. And well, and my husband was always one that helped everybody. But apparently there's some people that rather not, you know, oh, wow. it restricts them. What I found fascinating, another thing fascinating in your book, uh, was your near-death experiences yourself. Wow. That was totally, you know, we all have those, but to put those in writing, 
I mean, I, I have several that uh, I don't have time to tell you about, but uh, yeah. that, you know, the, sometimes the good Lord, the guardian angel watches over us, and it, it could have mm-hmm. happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's one thing that the publisher said from the beginning. We've never had a book on death and grief that was funny. Yours, yours had some funny episodes. Yeah, uh, that's what readers tell me. They're crying and then they're laughing. But, you know, laughter sometimes is the best medicine yes. in the grieving process. Right, so. Lane? Right, Lane? Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Abears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas, and I do thank you for taking time to listen to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Miss Elaine Mars, who is the author of a recent book called Widowhood, I Didn't Ask For It asked for this. So thank you, Elaine, for coming on our show today. Be sure you can pick up this book. It's on Amazon and on your your local bookstores throughout the area. Uh, it's a fantastic read. I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of that um, to, to give for yourself or for a loved one to, to share. So again, thank you, Elaine, for joining us today. Oh, great. So this is her second edition, as I mentioned in an earlier segment. This is uh, first edition was Com, uh, completely sold out, unavailable. So she went to a new publisher and added a section, and then book two, which is interestingly adds a little bit more definitely Lanyap. Uh, but I wanted to mention one thing: what one ses- uh, session uh, section in your book, and I thought was very appropriately done, is what not to say, uh, right? So yes. explain to some of our listeners some of those. <laughs> Some of those things that really you shouldn't be mentioning in, in that time of grief and discussion with a widow, a widower, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, even at the funeral, I heard uh, one one lady tell me, she said, well, honey, just think about it. You're only going to have half the dirty dishes to wash <laughs> and half the laundry. And I'm, <laughs> I was like, you know, I wanted a jack slapper. I really did. Um, then you get a lot of the moving on. Well, you just need to move on, and and life is giving you a new adventure. Uh, people can be so. Stupid. What it, I always <laughs> want to say: What does moving on mean? Yeah. Uh, to most people, I think it means forget about the person that you've been married to for forty years, and you know, look to the future and have fun and find somebody new. That's a big one, you know. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll find a new husband, you know, don't worry about it. And I'm like, you know, if you lose an animal, a pet, uh-huh. you grieve about that. You don't want to go out and buy a new dog once you've, you know, your other one got killed. Good point, Elaine. But, yes, yet, yeah. <clears throat> but yet people will tell you, well, you can get a new husband, just, you know. <laughs> I'm like, who wants one? You know, give me some time. And you also mentioned later on in book two that you know, really, uh, 
men tend to remarry who are widowers than widower. Yeah, the, the ladies. Do. They do. I, I thought that was. A, I've never thought of that before. But come to think of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Men will be totally distraught. Uh, won't get out of bed. Won't bathe or shave or anything for months, and then they meet a new woman, and they're like, "Dang, they're up and going <laughs> and get married really quick." I mean, I've seen you know quite a few times well, that that happens. I don't know if that's good or bad, but sometimes the sometimes the the kids think it's a little shock, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. the, the kids or the yeah. grandkids, what? Grandpa, what? Is, what who is this person? Yeah, adult I, kids have problems with it sometimes, but you know they they're moving on. So, what else should a person not say to a person in grieving and a widow or widower? Oh my goodness, there's so many. Uh, well, you mentioned he's in a better or she's in a better place. Yeah, that's that's not a good one to say. Just kind of forget that and, um, you know, just say, I'll be here for you. Give me a call if you need me. Um, I love you. You know, I'll be praying for you. I'll be thinking about you, but don't. Um, and I thought your your comment in the book, in several places, keep it simple. I'm sorry for your loss. Don't yeah. be judgmental. Or, right. You know, don't give elaborate 15 steps you should do, right? Yeah. They yes, don't, you don't want absolutely. The, you don't want the 15 steps. You step. don't want it. You don't care about hearing it. You just want to, people to be supportive and um, and don't try to tell you what to do. So I, I, we've emphasized it, but in 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 your in in your second the, the second book you you mentioned that coping, feeling lost, depressed. Does how does it get better? Time, really time. Um, one of the things that um, some pastors have told me that I got a call from um, Brother Eddie DeHunt one day and. He said, Elaine, he said, these widow women come in here and they expect me to tell them something that will help them out. He said, I don't know what to tell them. He said, all I can do is cry with them. And then he said, I got your little book. And he said, now I give them your little book and tell them go home and read it. And so he says that's the best That's good therapy way. right there. And uh, I have some pastors in churches who order them by 50 or 100. Awesome. And they pass them out as needed because they say that, you know, they can't, um, if they haven't been through it, then they don't really understand. And and you deal with laughter in it and you you deal with grieving, you deal with coping. I mean, you, you talk about a number of issues that I, I think that it, it relates to been there, done that, right? Yeah. yeah. Not the conceptual ones. I mean, there must be 40,000 of those, right? Right. Right. That yeah. uh, written by the, the PhD people, the academia people yeah. that may not ever, you know, they might be 22 years old writing these books, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, again, giving advice. And I would bet that a lot of them haven't been through it. They just, you know, are giving advice. And we don't want it. That's right. I, I love, I think we talked about it, realizing dreams lost. The couples were for adventures together and it, you know, and being alone is is difficult. But I hate to, I hate to say the word coping, but at least you're, you're uh-huh. coping, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you. Do you, have do you to, reminisce about some of the dreams that that you did fulfill? Do you do you have yes pictures, um, albums, and and yep. stories? I know probably you've written a lot of stories about all your travels, yes. etc. Well, you know, we, he and I went to Colorado after he retired from the Shreveport Fire Department. And uh, we built a cabin, a 2,400-square-foot cabin up in the mountains where there was no utilities, no bus route. There wasn't wow. even an address. There was no <laughs> mail route. That was his dream. And men, after we got it finished, men would come up. They would go, oh, this is my dream home. Wow. And every single one of the women said, this is a nightmare. I'd never do this. <laughs> you know, but I did it because I thought it was his turn after working for so long. He liked the isolation and then uh, away from it. everything, right? After work, probably no internet access, no, no, no barely, no. barely electricity, huh? Yes. Well, we had solar, Generally. solar oh, and wind turbine. There was no wow. utilities at all. Wow. Yeah, you had water pumped up 350 feet from the underground uh, to the cabin on top of the hill, and he, you how know, inspiring was that? Yeah, we did log by log, and. Um, I helped build it. It took us an, a year. Um, you know, we watched the bear, the mountain lions. We could sit <laughs> on our deck and look down and watch them all come to their pond. And But those and are good memories. Yeah, wow. great memories. And he got, he had 10 years after he retired before he died, and we packed it full. Oh, that that's that is awesome. Okay, the the other aspect of uh, of your book that I thought was the, the statement you made: widowhood <laughs> is like having cancer. In that, once you go through the experience, you are more attuned to the feelings of others traveling down the same path. So, comment yeah. on that. Well, my husband had cancer, and once you have it. And if you have a spouse who has it, then you had it too, because you go through it together, or we did. Um, and so when you see people with it, it's it's like a secret language. You know, they know that you know. And all you have to do is, uh, when we would travel, we went to uh, Florida while he was sick, and he had a chemo head, which was bald. And we were on a um, airboat ride, and another lady we could tell her look at her and her adult daughter was with her and we knew that she had cancer and that hers was also terminal and you know you just you have that awareness that you didn't have before and you and you have the empathy back and forth right. that's what you mentioned in your absolutely. chapter absolutely and as you know if you know someone who lost their spouse then you automatically know what they're going through and you're able to, you don't go giving them advice, I tell you that, (laughs) (laughs) because you know. And it's it's the empathy. It's it's the matter that you may be the concern, but don't be judgmental about what it could have, should have, right? Yes. And uh, one thing that some people, they don't want to talk about someone who's passed. And even in family, my my husband's family, the brothers, they don't usually bring him up because they think it's going to make me cry and it'll make his mother cry. And his mother and I, when we talk, we're like, we don't we don't mind crying is okay mm-hmm. because um, you know that it's just a natural way of, way of things. But a lot of people don't want to talk about anyone that has died because they don't want to start crying. And it does happen. Or 
are the other thing they don't want to well um, it's it's hard to say this one but i've been around individuals that their husband passed away a few years ago and the families all get together but she's recently or has been remarried uh-huh. so bringing up the the prior husband sometimes causes a turf battle with yeah with the new spouse unit there right yeah, yeah. and I, I i've seen that happen in various yeah. i mean it's it's sad but yeah. they should bring up the memories of the good memories of the, of the pie so well and you don't want or i don't want someone to be forgotten sure and so when it comes veterans day or whatever you know i'll write things uh and post or i've done some magazine articles uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing. But uh, my mother has been widowed more than once, and I heard her telling someone one day that Elaine talks about him all the time. She says, I never spoke about my husband. She says, I think it's a good thing. And I do. I, You know, it's just like I don't want him to be forgotten. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because in, in the eth- Greek ethnic culture mm-hmm. and many cultures in Europe, but primarily Greek culture and the ethnicity of orthodoxy, Christian yeah. orthodoxy. The saying is at anybody's funeral service, everlasting be their memory. Really? That's at good. Every I like service. That. And it's repeated hundreds of times, but it's also repeated one year, five years, they do a special service, everlasting, yeah. ten years, and it can be done Every year after that, and most Orthodox Christians will remember their deceased loved ones in a service every Sunday, at least, and have a listing of everyone that's deceased, part of the family, friends, whatever, and the priest and the chanters will chant everlasting, be the memory of my father is Lazarus, my mother is Pyra. And he mentions their name. So that's wow. why everlasting be their memory. And so I bring it up to my kids and grandkids is don't, you know, don't forget about Papu, Grandpa, and, grand, uh, yeah. and Grandma, and, and, and those well, ones yeah. we've lost. But, uh, well, and to he keep knew that I would tell stories to the grandkids because I do of my daddy and his daddy. You know, I want them to know about their life. And that and that's important. I know that you're a prolific writer, and, and and I've been educating my listeners and readers of the best of times and presentations. Is you need to record the stories now before it's too late. So about your Absolutely. family, about your family members, about your grandpa, your great great grandpa. Write those stories now so you can pass them down to generation and generation. I've done that for for Tina and I've done that for both of our our parents, which some of the stories were remarkable. Luckily, I got the interview both of my parents and have written a lot of their stories down and uh, my my kids and hopefully my grandkids are really going to appreciate that many years from now i have people uh pretty often will ask me to write about their relatives because they want it written down and you know i've heard that saying that every time an old person dies Mm -hmm. all the history dies with them true and that's true. And a lot, of, a lot of these great stories, Elaine. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just so sad when I hear about somebody passing and fails to tell somebody. I mean, yeah. I, 
and uh, I can go on and on about that. I, I go out and lecture at nursing homes and assisted living, and I try to pull it out of people and get them to write their stories to tell their kids and grandkids. And I've been successful. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be humble about it, but I've actually got some individuals that have done it and never done it before because their family members called me, Carrie, how did you get my mother to tell you all those stories that she I said, well, I just... I told her some of the reasons you better say now. You're 96, ma'am. Uh-huh. You need to tell them. If, yeah. if you're telling me this story and you tell me your family members don't know this, this is a remarkable story. She uh-huh. says, well, I didn't think they would want to be interested. They're interested. They're interested. Yeah, I have people tell me that. They'll say, well, my daddy never told me any of that stuff. I said, well, you probably didn't ask him. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I don't know. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and a bear-standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, it's Miss Elaine Mars, who is the author of Widowhood, I Didn't Ask for This, and it's been uh, an inspiring interview with you today i've learned a lot of extra things a little lanyap about your book you can pick up her book and on an amazon as well as in local bookstores just i highly recommend it for you and others uh it will definitely help you in dealing with widowhood and uh for, for uh, now and i hate to say this in the future in case that <laughs> typically happens to you as well well i've heard some husbands tell me that when they realize that their wife has ordered this book. Uh-oh. And, yeah, and they read Widowhood. I didn't ask for this. And they say, should I be worried? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh-oh, Elaine. But some people, you know, they want to look ahead. That's true. They want to prepare. One of the aspects you talk about in, in both your original book and I believe your second book is financial issues. It's overwhelming <laughs> and complex. So comment about that a little bit. Okay, well... My husband did all the bills. I didn't pay bills, didn't do the financial stuff. So he kept trying to teach me, but I didn't want to hear it because that meant he was dying. And, you know, there's all kinds of emotional stuff that goes with it. But he did everything he could, and he had a list everywhere about what was this account and that account and what to use it for and how much utilities and you know he did the best he could dealing with me when i didn't want to listen uh, if i had it do over again i would listen better <laughs> but at the time i didn't and um on the way back we he was buried here and on the way back to arkansas i stopped to get gas and i used my credit card but it wouldn't go through and finally the lady inside she uh said it's it's dead you know you know it's not any good and i was like dang how'd that happen you know and thankfully some people had put money in cards so i went to my car and i got cash and was able to get home but come to find that was on a sunday come to find out that even though my name was on the card 
it wasn't just in my name. I don't know. I don't understand it right. still, but it didn't work. And, uh, you know, things like that that just are unexpected. Do all you can to keep things like that from happening. And so I talk about that because uh, there's a lot of wives like myself. Well, and they, they're caught off guard, and they, yeah. they're, they're they're grieving, and then all of a sudden this happens. There's a freeze on their bank account. They're right. freezing their credit cards, and yeah. it, it's difficult to pay the bills. Yeah, and, and it's not just women. I had a man uh, one day. He bought uh, something for me. You know, I sold the trailers and all that stuff. And um, he handed me his checkbook, and he said, "My wife died, and I've never written a check before. Would you write it for me?" <laughs> wow. I know, and I said, "You know." You're lucky you asked me. Don't be asking everybody to, you know, r- write a check out in your checkbook because oh. that's not real smart. And he said, well, we were married 50 years, and I'd never written a check. Man. So it's not just the women. It's Well, and that likewise, I mean, I, I see so many individuals that, that decide I don't want to touch the finances. A lot, a lot more women will say, you know, I'll take uh, – I don't want to learn anything about the finances. Yeah. Yep. And in my family, I've taught my my parents grew up, uh, everybody understanding it, but my mother did not as much. But luckily, I was a son who got involved early on before any major acute episodes happened to either one of them. Yeah. So that's that's important to do a little pre-planning. And, yeah, uh, very. And, and, uh, and likewise, it's good to write those lists out. I mean, I've, uh, I've done that for my wife, and I think she really appreciates that. A whole listing and it's yeah. automatic so in case i'm hit by an 18 wheeler i she can handle it <laughs> yeah. uh, it won't the, be as stressful uh-huh. when you're dealing with those kind of things Could and be, having insurance is good too oh yeah oh, that, that, that definitely uh i love the 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 comment about seeking help uh you know some people are reluctant to do that right in financial situation yes. you mentioned it's it's good yes. to, it's good to, especially i mean dealing with your own family members but you know if you have yeah. kids or grandkids uh yeah. that they're there no harm in asking they might say i don't have enough time mom or dad or grandpa yeah. grandpa but there's no harm there's no harm in asking. well actually my husband asked uh, steve rainey about a month before he died to uh you know, look out for me financially because he's in oh, the financial business. Right. And um, I think he was kind of afraid I'd spend all the money in the first month or something, you know. <laughs> so he asked Steve to try to monitor, and, and he has really helped uh, guide me with Well, it's uh, good to have a financial planner or a good friend to be, yeah. the, be the second person, especially if you're alone, yeah. especially if you don't have any quickly uh, – uh, trusting relatives, you might gonna want to call it. Right, and then if you have more than one child, oh yeah, they're gonna get angry if you choose one kid over them sometimes. And you know, I've heard a lot of um, stories like that that widows going, "Man, I didn't know what to do. They said they were gonna take over and and do my." finances for me and not everybody wants somebody to do their finances no and the other thing is they could abscond money they go there's so many fraudulent scams out there it's amazing uh one last thing i thought was the most difficult thing is these holidays and special occasions without without your without your loved one that's probably difficult it is yes you know if you're married for any length of time a few decades then you have customs and things that uh, are precious to you and yours and uh, all of a sudden you're alone you know you have adult kids maybe 
they're precious, they help, but it's just not the same. You know, you really are alone. <laughs> well, I, I noticed throughout your book, you, you emphasize about counseling. You say, seek advice, those grief-sharing groups, recovery groups, are they good or bad? Uh, I've heard both. Uh, I've not... Um, I didn't go to any uh, three years ago in Arkansas. I was asked to start a grief share group. And it can bring up old memories. You know, when you listen to someone just break down and talk about the death of her spouse or his spouse, um, you hurt for them. So a lot of grief share groups, it's not not for people who don't want to cry and, you know... (laughs) empathize really heavy duty but they also help people who talk it out you know they get to share it with and people hug and kiss them and you know so but the the other thing is surviving without children and close family members is is probably the hardest is that is that true i think so um you know you i talk to different people and uh, if you have the more support you have, the better is the bottom line. Whether it's friends or family, uh, if you have people you can call on, if you're getting a low point, and you know there's people who get suicidal. I mean, true. Uh, it's I guess like uh, alcoholics, you have somebody to call if you <laughs> feel yourself falling. And same thing with emotional issues like widowhood. Well, one this closing item here, I think it means to be remembered, because I see it throughout your book, is remembering that person uh, that is now departed. And I, I see that. You, you say that in so many words or less throughout your book. Speak freely about the departed one and cherish his or her memories, right? Well, that works for me. I think so. That's a good well, I think way it, to go. I mean, it's great advice for everyone to, yeah. to consider that. Remember them. Definitely mm-hmm. remember them. I mean. Uh, Some people can't. They say, if I do, I cry and cry and cry. And I really? Can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the cries aren't of joy, of happiness. Well, I mean, if the tears come, they come. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the ambush moments get you, especially church, family, holidays, um, you know. For the first eight years at Thanksgiving, we always circle around and pray mm-hmm. in my husband's family. And I would do it and then spend the next half hour in the bathroom crying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. well, thank, but it's a natural thing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lynn, for sharing your thoughts today about your book, Widowhood. I didn't ask for this. I highly recommend everybody to pick up a copy. And thank you again for giving us a little insight about this book. And best wishes to you. And have a, have a blessed Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to our show today. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.